Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Two A Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host Two A Lou, and I want to welcome you all to this episode. This is going to be number six. It's going to be kind of over a hump. I feel like maybe where I've stopped fucking up and uh, got all the bumper music right, got all the editing right, all that good shit. So we shall see. Let me know what y'all think. Go ahead and like and follow our social media. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. And you can email me at 2alifestyle at mail.com. So you can go ahead and just let me know what you think. Also, go ahead and leave a review wherever you're listening to your podcast. And tonight we're going to go over some things. We're going to go over uh, how to conceal carry comfortably and effectively in long trips. We're going to go over a new rifle that Ruger is putting out. There's going to be a a bunch of uh, new handguns that are out. Also, I'm sure everybody has seen uh, Post Malone open carrying in Walmart. Uh, We're going to be just talking a little bit about that, kind of some cultural stuff. Uh, A New York uh, City thing that they're trying to do, uh, that they passed some gun control, and now it's being taken up by the Supreme Court, and they're trying to sandbag that shit so that way it doesn't affect the rest of the country. And also, we're going to just talk about some other things that has happened this week. And in our culture segment, we're going to be talking about a book and a movie. Look how fucking bougie we're going to get today. Get fucking culture in this bitch. Uh, We're going to be talking about Firefly, which I have watched for the first time this past week. So don't fucking crucify me. And we're going to be talking about a book uh, that I read a while back, but it's got some cool gun shit in it. Uh, It's also a really good fucking series. It's actually a book that I started reading in reference uh, to a uh, a shooting-oriented book club that I'm a part of. So we're going to get on into that, and I want to just appreciate y'all for listening in to us. Um, We had a good little contest on our Facebook page uh, this past week. That a bunch of people got into. Uh, I think I had like 710 comments on it uh, for a post. We had a kind of a meme war, but basically it was show me your best memes. I picked out what I thought were the best ones. And uh, the winner uh, was going to get some free swag. And then also, I uh, tried a little something different. We're going to try this a little bit later in some different episodes. I just kind of find a good platform, but I posted on my Facebook page people that wanted to get in, ask questions, give shout outs here on the podcast. We're going to discuss that. Uh, so we're just trying to have some fun with this shit. And I hope y'all are. I hope y'all are enjoying this. And by the way, I looked at the uh, stats, you know, on the uh, Podbean where I get my bandwidth for these podcasts. I went ahead and looked at the stats uh, for the podcast, and I see you motherfuckers from uh, California and Washington. Uh, surprisingly, California, not fucking California, I don't know why I say California, Colorado, my error. Uh, Colorado and Washington, I see y'all motherfuckers. Colorado is the number one state with downloads for the podcast, and Washington is a close second. Uh, and actually, surprisingly, Minnesota is also a, a pretty high up there third as well. So uh, I see all motherfuckers out there. I appreciate it. Um, and uh, again, it, it's just very humbling to me. I just want to say it's very humbling to me that y'all are uh, from across the country listening to this podcast. But let's go on and get into this shit and let's get it rolling. 
Hey, y'all, before we get into the podcast, I just want to go ahead and mention that I started a Patreon account. And the reason I'm starting this Patreon account is not because I'm trying to hose you bitches out of some money. Uh, I'm actually starting this as, uh, hopefully, if I just fucking get $15 a month to pay for the bandwidth for this podcast, I will consider this Patreon account a success. But the something else that I'm hoping that we can get out of this Patreon account is that we can uh, get some funds to do some certain things like... Uh, more uh, equipment reviews, uh, product giveaways, shit like that, some more swag giveaways. Um, So, I mean, this fucking podcast is still going to continue to be free because I have a fucking blast doing it. Uh, But it's just something to try. And like I said, if I just get $15 a month through Patreon to pay for the bandwidth of this uh, podcast, I will consider it a success. Uh, I'm not looking to get rich or to make a living off of this. I love my job too much. Uh, but it's just something to help uh, the podcast, to help y'all get a better product out of this podcast, and also to get some more free shit out of this podcast. Um, so go look us up on Patreon to a lifestyle. Go look us on social media. I got a link to our Patreon account there. And uh, again, I'm not really trying to beg for money, but like I said, it would be awesome if we can just get $15 a month total from 15 people. If they just want to give me $1 a month, 15 of y'all motherfuckers, to just pay for the bandwidth of this podcast, I'll be considered this a win. Uh, but if you decide to give us more, we will make sure, I will make sure that any money y'all give us uh, will go straight back into this podcast. It will go straight back into y'all's uh, fucking mailboxes as giveaways. We're gonna we'll do more giveaways uh, for swag, for products, for uh, different shit. Uh, we are up to twenty two hundred uh, likes and follows on our Facebook page alone. Uh, Facebook page alone. I'm waiting to get some to a lifestyle gear in and we're going to do a giveaway there. Once we get to 10,000 likes, uh, I'm actually going to be giving some bigger products away, some some cool gun products that I actually have uh, that I'm going to be doing some reviews on. And uh, I'm hoping that maybe we can at least, ma- if we can, and the Patreon successful enough, that we'll actually uh, maybe start giving away some firearms. Uh, but the best way we can do that is... Uh, you know, try and raise some money through through Patreon, um, and uh, I'm hoping to do some sort of reward system for anybody that does decide to help us out on Patreon. Uh, but again, I'm not really uh, looking to hose y'all. I have a lot of fucking money. If y'all want to give some money, I would greatly appreciate it. If you don't want to give us money on Patreon, hey, you know, do you boo? I'm gonna still fucking do this podcast and give y'all the best podcast to the best of my ability. Uh, you know, I came out a lot of money to start this podcast to get a good quality mic, uh, to get a good soundboard and shit like that, and uh, you know, paying money out of my own pocket to get the bandwidth for this podcast. Hadn't got any sponsors. Uh, if you do want to sponsor this podcast, feel free to feel free to reach out to me on social media at Two A Lifestyle through Facebook uh, and Instagram or Two A Lifestyle at mail dot com. Uh, but you know, uh, Patreon I think is the best way as like a crowdfunding source uh, to raise money. Uh, And again, like I said, really, I would just be happy if I just get enough money to to pay for the bandwidth. But if you want to, we want to grow this podcast, we want to grow on giveaways, you know, uh, 
like get some sort of reward system going for anybody that decides they do want to give money to the podcast. Uh, we're going to do that. Um, so go look us up on Patreon to a lifestyle or look for the link on our social media on Facebook. Now let's go on and get into this motherfucking show. Yeah, I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. I'm going to ride until I can't no more. I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. I'm going to ride till I can't no more. All right, guys, we're going to go and get into the main segment of the uh, podcast today, and we're going to talk, uh, it's not just specifically one thing, we're going to uh, kind of give a, just an update on the NRA thing, uh, update on uh, some, uh, some shit personally to me and the reason why I started this podcast. Uh, also, we're going to talk about the uh, recent uh, massacre, the shooting uh, in Virginia Beach, which uh, kind of... Um, Hits a little cl- close to home for me because, uh, you know, even though they're my ex-in-laws, I still love them uh, up there. That's where they vacation a lot, especially around this time of year. Uh, that's where they live up there. Uh, and also we're going to talk about, kind of like the main thing we're, we're going to talk about is just uh, concealed carrying while traveling. But uh, let's just, I kind of just want to start off and say, you know, a big reason I started this podcast is because uh, I'm a huge consumer of podcasts. I listen to a lot of gun podcasts. Uh, and I'll, you know, I also listen to some law enforcement podcasts, some veteran-oriented podcasts, uh, but there wasn't really one that I felt that um, kind of filled my niche on uh, what I wanted to do and uh, what I like to listen and what I was kind of hoping a podcast will would achieve. And uh, just something about me is I'm a millennial. Uh, I am, unfortunately, uh, part of that group, but. Uh, you know, a lot of millennials and especially a lot of millennial gun enthusiasts and gun lovers like myself, they're very, very fucking anti-police. And, you know, it's if you look on our Facebook page and our, our Instagram, you know, I share a lot of memes and, and I poke fun at, at the ATF and stuff uh, just because they're easy to poke fun at and uh, kind of their mission and stuff uh, is to... You know, supposed to do one thing, but then they kind of do the other uh, in infringing on on gun liberties and gun rights and stuff like that. Uh, and I had a, a pretty good uh, discussion with somebody on uh, the Facebook page in reference to this. And uh, so I want to just kind of say that yes, I you know, for those that do not know, I am again as my moniker two a Leo. I am a humongous to a supporter, uh, but I'm also a law enforcement officer. I'm also a veteran, uh, and I'm a humongous to a supporter. And uh, I kind of want this podcast and my social media uh, to bridge that gap. I want to be able to reach out to those younger um, gun supporters, those, those gun enthusiasts that hate the law enforcement because not only is uh, people that are the traditional that you, I guess you could say, uh, people that are traditional anti-police, 
but there's also uh, the gun community. Unfortunately, the younger the generation is very anti-police uh, just because of uh, misconceptions that they might have or their preconceived notions uh, or their anti-authoritarian um, mindset that they have which you know anti-authoritarian mindset that's that's a great thing you know as a free american you shouldn't want anybody to uh you know have you just kind of bow down to their authority just because it might be their position and stuff like that i mean i became a police officer uh because i i love to help people uh you know i went to school for one thing uh and it didn't work out because uh, I kind of graduated during the recession uh, in the uh, late 2000s. So I became a police officer uh, because I had a lot of friends that were police officers that said I ought to you know, try and become a police officer. And I thought, you know, hey, hell, I'll do this and, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll do this for a little bit just because I it was just newly married with my first wife at the time and I needed a job to pay the bills. And uh, I just grew to fucking love it and I can't see myself doing anything else. Um, but uh, I'm still first and foremost a freedom-loving American, and to be a freedom-loving American, you got to love the Second Amendment because that's our Bill of Rights. That's the first ten amendments that we feel are God-given uh, that no man should should have um, denied from Him. You know, so uh, you know, got into a conversation about a gentleman how I can uh, how can I reconcile my job. Uh, in my duties and still be a Second Amendment loving individual. And that's just kind of fucking easy. You know, I follow the Constitution. Uh, if somebody was to give me an unconstitutional order uh, to, you know, if they passed an assault weapons ban or uh, whatever the fuck it is, any kind of gun control measure, uh, you know, I live in Alabama. I'm a police officer in Alabama. Just this past legislative session, they, um, the Democratic Party of my state introduced a red flag law, and it got to the main house uh, for a vote. Uh, and you know, fortunately, it was shot down. It was not voted on. Uh, you know, didn't get the full vote and passed to go to the next house uh, in the legislature. But it it did actually get introduced and make it out of committee. So um, you know, it, it, just because I live in an extremely red state. Uh, doesn't mean that gun control laws can't happen in my state. Uh, so, you know, if that, that day comes that, you know, I'm tasked because of my position uh, to enforce gun control law, uh, you know, I'm going to just turn my shit in because there's no way, I, you know, I'm going to uh, uphold my oath where, you know, even as a law enforcement officer, when I took my oath, you know, it says, do you, you know, promise to uh, defend and enforce the Constitution uh, you know, municipal codes and the state's uh, laws of Alabama. And so, in most uh, state constitutions, and Alabama including, has their own uh, amendments inside their constitution that support the second, you know, the uh, federal Second Amendment, the individual's right to keep and bear arms. Uh, not a militia, but the individual's. Uh, so, you know, that's something that is very important to me. And you know, I hope, and, and I'll be honest with you, I know that there's somebody else uh, that listens to this podcast that's on the social media, that's kind of local here. Uh, he is also a law enforcement officer, and he is humongous Second, uh, Second Amendment supporter as well. So just because you think that, you know, in, it's like I was telling the individual on social media, there's going to be bad individuals in any profession, 
across the board. You know, you see that in doctors when you have these pill mills busted, um, that they're just, you know, prescribing these opiates uh, indiscriminately to people uh, that need actual help and not uh, opiates in their systems. Uh, you see that with these uh, teachers and, and uh, child care professionals uh, that do inappropriate things with children. And of course, you're seeing it in law enforcement. Uh, and of course, you're seeing it more in law enforcement uh, because the digital age we're in where everybody has cameras and, and uh, you know, recording devices in their hands, you know, i.e. their cell phones. So any little thing uh, that can be cut and pasted and made to look bad, um, you know, is is going to hit the internet and it's going to make the news just because of the fact that's what's grabbing headlines. And yeah, I understand that's a uh, argument that's being used by uh, a lot of people that maybe you don't agree with, but it's the fucking truth. So, uh, you know, let them facts fucking slap you in the face like a big cock because it's just as pretty as that because those are the facts. Um, so, so let's move on from that. I mean, you, you need to understand that uh, just like there's a, po- a certain pop, uh, percentage of the population that uh, believes in the Second Amendment and all gun laws are, are an uh, infringement on our Second Amendment rights, you're going to understand that there's also police officers like that as well. And uh, I want to make sh- this a uh, mainstream thing. I want to make gun culture a mainstream thing. So that way, as a police officer, I don't have to fucking go to those bullshit calls of somebody open carrying uh, because it makes Karen feel fucking uncomfortable. Uh, you know, so, you know, you have to understand that you also have to be part of the solution. You know, you just can't bitch about the problem. You got to be part of the solution. And uh, that's, you know, by presenting a good image of yourself, being a good representative of the Second Amendment community. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do going forward. So I'm going to kind of get off my soapbox and uh, go into some some tragic news about, uh, I'm sure if anybody has paid attention to anything this past week, uh, you would know that there was a mass shooting in Virginia Beach. And as I stated earlier, this kind of, kind of hits home just because I've been up in that area plenty of times. Uh, my ex-in-laws are... are uh, live up there. They vacation up there. Um, you know, my I you know taking my kids up there numerous times to, to see them, um, and it is it's a it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy what has occurred. Uh, this piece of shit that I'm not going to mention his name uh, because he literally is a fucking piece of shit that is not deserved to get any sort of recognition. Uh, not only has he given uh, the gun control, gun grabbing uh, pieces of shit themselves uh, more ammunition for a mass shooting, but he also, and this is, I swear to the love of all that's holy, this piece of shit used a suppressor in his mass shooting. And this is just going to be, you know, and I never really thought, that the Hearing Protection Act had a, a chance of passing. But, uh, you know, if it ever had a chance of being passed in, uh, you know, the U.S. legislature, uh, it probably is, if it, if it ever still does, it's going to be pushed back decades because of this piece of shit, this, this human garbage. This uh, fucking individual, 
he used a suppressor in his mass shootings. Uh, he ended up killing 12 in Virginia Beach. And, uh, you know, he purchased his guns legally. He had extended magazines, and he had a suppressor to commit his acts of tragedy, his, his fucking murders. So, uh, and this is something I don't think that the gun control, uh, you know, politicians and gun grabbers are understanding. Okay, first off, this individual passed a background check. Okay. So, universal background checks would have done no fucking good to help save these people's lives. Secondly, he bought a suppressor legally. And anybody who has purchased an NFA item knows that you have to go through an extensive background check. And you can even say it's a fucking waiting period. Because I don't know when this guy purchased his suppressor. But up until recently, your wait times for suppressors were anywhere between a year to a year and a half. So, And I just read today that this guy was going through disciplinary action at his work. Because he actually worked for the city of Virginia Beach. Uh, and that's what he shot up. He shot up your municipal complex. And uh, only one person that was killed was not an employee of Virginia Beach. So... This guy being an employee of Virginia Beach, shut up in Miss building, killing mostly Virginia Beach uh, city employees. So this is more of workplace violence because this piece of shit, um, he was under the, I guess you could fucking call it, uh, the process of being disciplined at work because he has been in numerous physical altercations at work, which again... I would be interested to see because Virginia Beach is a tourist town, people. And anybody that's worked in a profession where violence can occur more often, uh, because I know a lot of medical workers have this issue, is if they are physically assaulted at work, they are discouraged from pursuing criminal charges against their assault, uh, assaulter, fucking the perpetrator. Uh, because they don't want it to look bad on that company, hospital, what the fuck ever. Because they want to encourage people to come there and shit like this. And because Virginia Beach is a tourist town, this is all speculation. Uh, you know, This is my own fucking opinion. Just kind of putting two two together. But if this guy is, has a fucking history of physical confrontations at work, so I'm assuming, i.e. fights, pushing people, whatever the fuck, why the fuck hasn't he been arrested? Why is he just going through uh, disciplinary hearings at work instead of going through court hearings in the Virginia uh, Virginia Beach Municipal Court uh, from being charged for harassment, simple assault, you know, whatever the fuck have you, uh, whatever the charge is up there in Virginia, you know, why why is he not doing that? So I wonder if uh, supervisors there, uh, you know, persuaded their employees that were physically uh, assaulted or harassed by this piece of shit homicidal murderer, uh, you know, hey, don't worry about calling the cops or pressing charges. We're going to handle it internally. We're going to fire him. He's going to get the fuck out of here. That kind of shit. Uh, so that's something uh, that was interesting to me. So just kind of going again, like I said, you know, and of course the gun control uh, 
the, the gun control politicians, the, the gun grabbers, they're chomping at the bits for this fucking thing to use this as their next pillar uh, to uh, put on the graves of the victims to hoist up their gun control agenda in you know not wasting any time and uh, to push their ideas of eroding our second amendment and blaming the guns and not the individual so that's that's it just god it just pissed me off so much because you know anytime we would talk about suppressors the argument always was when was the time when has there ever been a mass shooting where a suppressor was used or hell any fucking murder where a suppressor was used but now unfortunately because of this piece of shit uh this gives just one more bullet in the fucking gun control uh politicians magazine to use in their arguments to say well the virginia beach shooter he had a suppressor and you know i guarantee you if you talk to the police officers that responded up there in virginia beach and and i'm gonna try and reach out because i know some law enforcement up in virginia and see hey you know i'm just curious And, and not only am i curious uh just because as a second amendment supporter but also i am a firearms instructor i instruct law enforcement in their uh you know firearms proficiency and response and stuff like that for for uh, shootings and stuff uh, I'm curious to see if once the action is is actually you know the the situation is actually occurring and shots are being fired and your adrenaline is pumping you know and you start getting tunnel vision you know auditory exclusion shit like that uh, I wonder if they even still heard it but again because of auditory exclusion you know, there's been plenty of shootings where first responders have responded to active shooters, and fuck, they didn't even hear the shootings because of auditory exclusion. Uh, so it wouldn't matter if there was a fucking suppressor on their firearms or the perpetrated firearms. Uh, so it, it, it's be a good uh, good study. Uh, I'm sure somebody fucking going to the FBI National Academy or some criminal justice professor, somebody writing a paper is probably going to write a study on this. I'd be interested to read about it. Uh, but that's kind of what something has occurred. Um, it's just this fucking piece of shit. I'm just so fucking infuriated that he used a suppressor, you know. And of course, this piece of shit. It's not like it helped him uh, kill any more people. Uh, he just had this fucking accessory, and he decided to use it for some reason. Why he decided to use a suppressor, I don't know. But anyway, enough of that somber ass news. Uh, let's go on into kind of the main segment. And the reason I'm picking this is because um, since the last episode, I ended up going to the uh, Tennessee to see my brother graduate from law school. He is now a fucking soulless attorney. And even worse, he purposely picked that he was going to specialize in tax law. It's not like he didn't, you know, wasn't any good in anything else. You know, fucking from like the first year in law school, he said, hey, I'm going to do tax law. So, uh, so I was uh, traveling. It was about, you know, maybe a five or six hour drive. Uh, and I, of course, anywhere I fucking go, I'm going to carry a weapon on me uh, for my protection and for the protection of my children and family. Um, and I found this interesting article from the Farms blog, and it is called Concealed Carry Corner, Traveling While Carried, Big Things to Avoid. Um, and just some, some things that uh, kind of stood out to me, uh, and you know, it's still 
it's important for me, even as a law enforcement officer, to be cognizant of these things because uh, even because of Leosa, if I decided to go to uh, fucking California or New York or when I used to always travel uh, to Virginia to my in-laws, I always look up, even though Leosa is a federal law, states will recognize Leosa, but they will still have like little caveats like they would have for your um Concealed carry permits, like for example, uh, like Leosa, they wouldn't uh, apply. In a case, if you don't know what Leosa is, uh, it's the Law Enforcement Safety Act, uh, which is allows. It's a federal law that allows law enforcement officers to carry nationwide as long as they're active duty or retired. Um, or uh, I think they added also a military police as saying that you don't have to have a concealed carry permit to go to other states. The fact that you are a law enforcement officer uh, or retired law enforcement officer is enough to allow you to carry your firearm uh, throughout the country uh, without any sort of legal repercussions. And the only exclusions to that, of course, are federal buildings and airports. So... Uh, but still, there's plenty of, of articles where uh, law enforcement officers are arrested, especially in fucking New York City, uh, regardless. And even though the charges eventually get thrown out, they're still arrested because, uh, and again, again, going back to, to what I was talking about earlier, there's going to be law enforcement officers that are in liberal cities that were uh, raised with that, that uh you know, gun control mindset that guns are bad. And yeah, even though I carry a gun, uh, for my job, I still got to be, uh, the one that gets the guns off the streets, even though, you know, the second amendment is there to protect people's lives, uh, by being able to allow them to have the individual right to, to carry firearms. Um, you know, you still got to protect yourself. So that's something I always check whenever I'm traveling. I always check the Leosa laws where I'm going. Um, so, uh, but if you are a civilian, something to consider whenever you're traveling concealed carrying is obviously check the concealed carry uh, permits of your state where you have uh, a concealed carry, concealed carry permit to check the reciprocity of where you're going. And even more importantly, the reciprocity of the states that you travel through to get to your destination. Uh, for example, uh, like I know in Alabama, uh, you know, if I was going to travel to, uh, let's say, Oklahoma, and I had to go through Texas. At one point in time, Texas did not recognize uh, Alabama's concealed carry permits. So if I was going to Oklahoma and I was going to travel through Texas, uh, as soon as I got into Texas, unless you just want to roll the dice, uh, if you got pulled over by Texas law enforcement and you had your concealed carry, you know, concealed carry on you, uh, you could go to jail. But now, anyway, Texas does recognize Alabama concealed carry uh, permits. But, you know, if you go through a state that does not recognize your home state's concealed carry permit, uh, you need to lock that shit up in the trunk of your car. And like, like I said, unless you want to roll the dice and uh, just have the risk of maybe being arrested, and that's going to ruin whatever your fucking uh, plans are to begin with. Something else uh, you need to think about is... Um, Comfort, you know, like when I normally travel, especially long drives, like when I go 
Um, you know, being a native Texan, sometimes a lot of times I'll go back to Texas, and that's like a fucking 18-hour drive for me. Uh, I'm most of the time when I travel them long distances, I'm like wearing fucking sports shorts uh, or some sweatpants and some fucking. Uh, sandals or some shit like that, something very comfortable. Well, normally I like to carry full size. You know, uh, I'm six five, so I can seal uh, a full size firearm pretty fucking well. So normally I carry full size. Uh, but if I'm doing some shit like that, uh, a lot of times I will carry something a little bit uh, lighter, a little bit more concealable. Uh, that's not going to you know, like drag down my like sweatpants. So I'm going to fucking show my ass while I'm walking into a gas station, while I'm pumping gas, while I'm on my road trip. Uh, you know, that kind of shit. So comfortability, uh, that can also go to your holsters. Um, you know, that's something else. Uh, I saw some cool holsters this past week, uh, in reference to, uh, being able to, you know, wear it with some, um, like, sport shorts and shit like that, some gym shorts. Uh, a good thing uh, was belly bands. You know, you could wear a belly band and conceal your firearm on you that way and I have to worry about your uh, gym shorts or sweatpants or whatever the fuck you, you know, go on long road trips with, you know, bogging down and shit like that. Uh, something else, again, is, for example, uh, sometimes when I'm, like, for... That uh, trip to Tennessee, it was only like five or six hours. I just wore like fucking uh, regular, you know, khaki sh khaki shorts that I normally wear. Um, and uh, at one point in time, uh, I did uh, take my uh, holster off and uh, I put it underneath the seat. But guess what? As soon as I stopped uh, and got some, uh, you know, I think I went to take a piss or some shit like that. Uh, I took that fucking holster and I put it back on me. Again, the last episode I was talking about is your vehicle is not a holster. So, and especially if you are traveling out of state and, you know, you're not familiar with where you're stopping, you might be stopping uh, straight up, uh, as Elvis Presley would say, in the ghetto. So you need to watch out, uh, watch your surroundings. So you need to carry that uh, firearm with you. Um so make sure you have a comfortable holster uh, in reference, you know, in, in in situations like that. I'm very much more of an out-the-waistband holster kind of person. Uh, to me, that's just the most comfortable. Now, I do also have several in-the-waistband and appendix carry options, um, but if I'm going on a long road trip outside the waistband uh, is normally what I'm going to carry. But after looking at some of the belly bands uh, that I saw this past week, uh, you know, I'm planning on, you know, summer's here. I'm planning on going to the beach. You know, that's going to be about a three-hour, four-hour drive. And again, I'm not going to be uh, wearing those kind of that kind of clothing that supports a uh, out the waistband kind of holster. So I'm actually going to be looking at uh, some different belly band holsters that's going to uh, help me maybe try that kind of, of uh, concealed carry system out. I've never really used belly band holsters, so I'm going to try different ones. Uh, again, uh, I'm going to, uh, you know, once I get some different belly band holsters in, I'm going to, you know, maybe show y'all some reviews, kind of let y'all know what I thought was, was some of the best. Uh, if y'all have any recommendations, hit me up on social media or 2 a lifestyle at mail.mil.
or uh, fucking mail dot mail. That's fucking army shit. Two A lifestyle uh, spelled out two T W O A lifestyle at mail dot com. So uh, yeah, uh, you know, let me know. I'll try them out and let y'all know. But those are some interesting points on traveling concealed carry. And again, something else uh, that you want to make sure is uh, again, uh, especially when you fucking because. For example, like when we went up, when I went up to Tennessee, uh, I stayed at a hotel, and so uh, as soon as I got to the hotel, I put my uh, my uh, firearm in the nightstand. Uh, you know, if you have a uh, hotel that's fancy and you know bougie and shit like that, bougie, uh, they might have a a little safe in there. You know, again, same thing is if you your fucking hotel room or your nightstand is not a holster. So if you go to the Continental Breakfast or whatever the fuck in the morning or you go to a restaurant, um, take your firearm with you. Do not leave it in the hotel room because you never know. Uh, house cleaning might come. Uh, if you don't leave that little fucking do not disturb thing out there to clean your room, uh, they're going to look through and clean. You might have your shit missing. Also, you want to have you know be remain cognizant that you have your firearm there uh no fucking shit one time uh and this is back in the day uh a city official at my old pd who had a police escort a police detail on him went to florida left his personal pearl handle revolver in the nightstand of the fucking hotel where he was at and he sent police from his, from my PD down there to get it. So, you know, just remember that you have your firearm on you all the time. You know, you, it's might be something, you know, as simple as like you might leave your phone charger in a hotel, but it'd be a whole lot more important if you accidentally left your firearm at your hotel. Uh, so just be cognizant. Uh, remember your firearm. It needs to be a part of you. It needs to be, it needs to go wherever you go. Not only just because you don't want to leave it, but you don't want to be in a situation where you go down the continental breakfast and then all of a sudden uh, a domestic occurs and, uh, you know, he says, you know, fuck this shit. Because another thing, too, I accidentally stayed at a hotel that was ghetto as fuck because uh, it was it was just a bad hotel. It was the kind of hotel where the doors were on the outside. Looked nice on the fucking computer, I guess, but... Um, the doors on the outside. It was ghetto as fuck. When I ended up putting my fucking firearm in the nightstand, no shit. There was dope inside the center console, or in the fucking nightstand uh, next to my shit. Uh, another one of my relatives stayed at that hotel as well. There was fucking blood on the fucking comforter in the hotel room that she was staying in. So. You never know what you're going to get yourself into. So you need to have that firearm with you uh, whenever you go anywhere because you never know what some shit's going to happen. And you don't want to be there thinking, God, I wish I had my firearm. Only if I wish I had my firearm. So traveling, comfort, comfort, comfort. That's why it's important that you always need to carry with you. You need to try out holsters before. Uh, you know, you go some places, you need to find the most comfort, uh, comfortable holster. Um, I have different holsters. It's like I tell uh, this one girl I'm dating now, you know, like holsters and firearms are like purses and shoes for women because I have about four or five different firearms and different holsters uh, that 
dictate on what I'm doing. Am I dressing casually? Am I dressing uh, a little more comfort where I can't carry a full-size farm uh, and a holster on the outside waistband or the inside of the waistband? Um, am I going to have a shirt tucked in? All that kind of shit. Um, you need to have different systems. You know, There's no such thing as universal, and you need to find out what's best for you and that's what's worse what's going to work for you, uh, that's going to be able to protect you, be able to protect your loved ones. Um, and again, the big thing is, uh, try it before you decide, Hey, this is what I'm going to fucking travel caught, you know, cross country with. Um, and you know what? You might not get it right the first time. You might have to go through two or three, hell, maybe even four different holster systems before you find what you like for that particular purpose. And again, you know, one holster is not going to fit the entire, you know, spectrum of what you need a holster for. So, you know, before you do something and you think, well, fuck, this is the, you know, my everyday carry holster. Uh, I'll use it to go to the beach with or fucking shit like that. No, you need to kind of do a little test run. Uh, maybe go to the neighborhood pool or the city pool or something like that in your swimming trunks. Uh, if you're going to take your family there and uh, see if, if that's going to you know, work for you. Uh, that's why I'm going to try and maybe look into some belly bands with the summer coming here. Anyway, that's going to be uh, the main segment. Let's go on and start getting into some product news and spotlights. Alright ladies and gents, we're going to get into the product news and spotlights. Something that's come out that I think is pretty cool, especially since I've stated before that I want to start getting into PRS, is Ruger has announced that they've come out with a new uh, Ruger American Rifle Hunter Series, uh, but it's going to be the new Magpul Enhanced uh, type rifle, and it's going to come in 6.5 Creedmoor and 308. And this is uh, pretty cool. You know the Ruger American rifles, uh, you know series that they've come out with. They're pretty good rifles. I've heard a lot of great things about them. Uh, I've heard, you know, of course they're great hunting rifles. Not a whole lot that they can do, you know, for PRS. But if you wanted to, you know, maybe get out to like five or six hundred yards, like if you were uh, like prairie dog hunting shit like that. They're a good rifle series for that kind of shit. Uh, but with this new Magpul Enhanced American Rifle series, uh, they're kind of getting into the lower market of the PRS. Of course, Ruger already has their Precision Rifle series, uh, you know, and those start like around like you know anywhere between like I've seen them go for like twelve or thirteen hundred dollars. And these new Ruger American Rifle series, they're going to start out at. Uh, MSRP is saying $799, so you might be able to see them for around maybe $6,650. But it is uh, pretty interesting because it has the Magpul Hunter stock attached to it. Uh, It also is going to come uh, with a five-round detachable magazine that is a Magpul P-Mag. And it is also a 20-inch finger groove heavy contour barrel. That ends in five by eight, uh, five eighths by twenty four TPI threads, and also has a Ruger Precision Rifle Hybrid Muzzle Brake that they also use on the Ruger American Ranch. 
the whole thing, the the tr- the it comes uh, with uh, Picatinny uh, scope base and also Ruger Marksman's adjustable trigger that can be tuned anywhere between like three to five pounds. Uh, the overall length is 43.25 uh, inches, and it comes around 9.2 uh, pounds without optics. And I think this is really cool because um, PRS is kind of where it seems like it's going. Um, it, it's you know something I want to get into. Uh, you know, it, it's becoming a big market like concealed carry handguns. The past, uh, I would say, you know, three to five years has really been growing. Um, PRS is growing. You know, Savage got into it. Ruger obviously got into it. Uh, I think Daniel Defense just came out with a uh, a PRS rifle. Uh, so it's it's pretty cool. And again, we've talked about this before. Ruger is kind of fucking killing it. I mean, they are really killing it with the new products that they're coming out with. And, uh, you know, when you really think of innovative firearms, a lot of times you don't think of Ruger, uh, but Ruger is kind of fucking killing it. And uh, something else that's come out is SIG has announced they're coming out with the P365XL. Um, I went to my local gun store and was talking about talking about this and seeing when they're going to start getting these in. Uh, you know they had, you know, Sig hasn't released a, a, a ship date on these yet, uh, but they look pretty cool. They come optics ready, uh, which I think if you're coming out with a new handgun nowadays and they're not optics ready, uh, or and or have a threaded barrel, I think you're kind of failing because uh, you're just creating more work for your consumers at that point to do that to their handguns because a lot of people are getting into the red dots and a lot of people are getting into suppressors. Uh, so it's just good to have that option there for your consumers. It's going to have a little bit longer barrel than the regular P365. Uh, but according to my gunshot buddies, that it, I mean, it's pretty much the same, except it's just going to have a little bit longer barrel. And then with that, uh, SIG has announced that they're coming out with 15-round magazines for their P365, which looks a little ridiculous when they have them in their 365s as is. You know, the 365 was meant for concealed carry. That's uh, supposed to be a compact pistol. And, um, you know, it looks ridiculous, but, you know, uh, I, I feel that if you're not carrying an extra magazine on you when you're concealed carrying, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure because Murphy is a bitch and it happens anytime when something, you know, big occurs, there's going to be a fucking uh, problem. So you need to have that extra uh, magazine there with you. Uh, it's to help, you know, if your weapons malfunctions. So when you, uh, conceal carry the 365, you might have the usual 10 round magazine in the firearm, and then you can have this 15 rounder on you. And if case, you know, 10 rounds goes through quickly in a gunfight, uh, you can pop that 15 round magazine in there in case you need more rounds. Uh, so I guess that'd be something that you could do because the normal, you know, say 320 magazines don't fit in there. So it's not like you can pop like a fucking... You know, 15 or 17 round magazine from the 320 in there after you run dry your, your 10 round magazine or if you have a, a weapons malfunction and you need to strip out the magazine uh, you can have that extra 15 round magazine there to, to put in there so kind of looks ridiculous when you put it in the firearm but it's something cool uh, for practical uses I guess something else is that has come out is FN has launched a new two-tone FN 509 FDE ODG uh, pistol and this kind of looks fucking ridiculous, if you ask me. You know, if it floats your boat, more power to you. But, you know, seeing the pictures of it kind of looks fucking ridiculous to me. And that's all I'm really going to say about that. Uh, just because, 
you know, when I saw this, I was like, man, that's kind of fucking ugly. I'm not going to say much more about it, but uh, I just kind of wanted to bring that out. And something else that's come out is uh, Springfield has released a new XDM OSP, which is optic, optics and suppressor ready in 10 millimeter. Uh, again, I think this is cool. Not a huge XD fan. I kind of got a little nostalgia for them just because I was one of the first time gun buyers that the first firearm that I purchased was an XD. And, you know, there's some XD fanboys out there. And we all make fun of XDs. Um, but, you know, they're, they're cool range toys, you know. So I just think it gives people that are XD fanboys uh, a little bit more option. And I think that's cool. You know, I'm not going to down anybody that is innovating in the firearms world. Uh, so, you know, hats off to Springfield, especially since it's optics ready and it's got threaded barrel, especially since what I said earlier. And the last thing I'm going to talk about in my uh, product spotlight is Real Avid came out with the AR-15 Armors Master Kit. And Real Avid, I think, makes some great products. I really do love their products. I reached out to them hoping maybe that they would uh, send me something for a little bit of TNE. <sighs> hadn't respond, you know, hadn't heard anything back yet. Um, they said they're going to send it on over to their marketing department. Uh, if y'all want me to do a review on it, uh, send them an email through the contact form. Say, hey, why don't you send to a lifestyle podcast uh, some shit that you know so they can review and let us know what they think about it. Um, but this is a pretty badass little armors kit. It comes with everything you need. Uh, to maintain, repair, or build an AR-15, and it comes in a nice little handy carrying kit. Really, it's a little proud, a little bit proud of their shit. Um, it's MSRP on this is I think it's around like three hundred dollars. Uh, well, two fifty. Um, and uh, it, but it comes with everything you need uh, to, like I said, to maintain, repair, or build your AR-15. Um, and I, I think it's they're great tools. I've I've heard nothing but good things about them. I'd like to get my hands on it myself. Uh, especially I got fucking four AR-15 builds going on right now as we speak. Just got some uh, parts in from Davidson Defense, uh, including a little AR-15 22 build I'm doing for my eight-year-old son. Uh, he's pretty excited about it. Uh, and I would like to probably. I mean, I got some. AR-15 uh, tools that I have, but I would like to get just kind of like a, a master kit. Uh, I, you know, all my tooling and equipment is in a tackle box that I keep on my workbench. Um, but you know, of course, I don't have everything. Uh, but it, it, it's a cool, you know. I saw it; looks cool. Comes with everything you need. Comes with already in a little carrying case, so it's something you can uh, put on your shelving or. You know, keep it somewhere, and if you're working on your AR-15, all you need to do is pull this shit out, and it's got everything you need. Uh, again, the MSRP is 250. Uh, you know, you're going to be spending around that anyway. If you're buying individual AR-15 tool kits and shit like that, um, everything that's already in there, you know, you might come in a little bit less than that, maybe closer to just under $200. Uh, but real Avid makes uh, great tools again it comes everything in the carrying case so that's pretty fucking cool uh it's pretty neat and uh, that's gonna be it for our product spotlight and news let's go on and start getting into our culture segment motherfuckers Back when I was feeling unforgiving I know I pissed you off to see me winning 
All right, we're getting into our culture segment, and the first thing we're going to talk about in our culture segment is something I talked about earlier. Uh, some photos of rapper Post Malone has been going around the social media uh, on the Book of Faces and on the IG of him open carrying a Zev uh, Zev Glock. Oh, in uh, unfortunately, what looked like to be a fucking Serpa holster in Walmart. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, if you've seen some of the videos post malone has several videos on youtube of him actually training with firearms and uh, battle rattle uh with uh body armor and shit like that uh post malone is a humongous supporter of gun rights uh he is a humongous second amendment uh, advocate he is a gun enthusiast like the rest of us and uh you know, it's a pretty high-speed uh, Zev that he has on him. But again, like I said, if you look a little closer, it looks like he's using a Blackhawk Serpa holster. And uh, as a firearms instructor, especially in law enforcement, I recommend all my law enforcement officers that I train uh, do not use a fucking Blackhawk Serpa holster just because the problems that you can't have them in a real-life firefight. And not only that, if you look, there's videos of, you know, I guess the polymer or the plastics that Blackhawk uses in their Serpa holsters is not very strong. Uh, they, uh, you know, there's I think one video that I saw showed, you know, fucking instructor was like, let me show you something. And he was standing in front of somebody uh, who had his firearm in a Serpa holster and he grabbed it by the handle and just ripped that fucking Serpa holster right off of the belt mount uh, or the paddle holster, whatever the fuck they were using to secure it to them. And the holster literally just ripped off right there at the mount. Um, so, you know. To each their own, you know, whatever you want to use. And, uh, you know, some people love Serpa holsters, whatever the fuck. Uh, I'm going to, you know, give you my opinion, but, you know, each their own. But it's pretty cool. And, I, you know, I love how Post Malone is doing this because it brings the firearms culture into, uh, as an ambassador to more people uh, that might not be gun enthusiasts. Uh, I think it's kind of cool because that you know a lot of pe- a lot of the fucking people I saw on social media uh, that were saying you know who the fuck is this and uh, you know of course I know who Post Malone is I like you know, if you listen to some of the bumper music that I've posted on past episodes I like all sorts of fucking kinds of music but I do like a lot of some of Post Malone's music um, and uh, you know just the fact that he's he's a gun enthusiast like myself makes him just a little bit more that much cooler in my eyes uh, as a uh, you know, a rapper, uh, as an artist, as what he is. But uh, that's going to be all I'm going to say in reference to that photo. And as I stated earlier, well, I'm going to be talking about Firefly. And this is actually, this past week is the first time I've ever watched any episodes of Firefly. Uh, I'm kind of a nerd myself. I love, like, Star Wars. I got my son into Star Wars. Anytime a new Star Wars movie comes out, we go see it in theaters opening weekend. I love uh, sci-fi, that kind of shit, and I've always... Heard of, uh, you know, of people that I uh, know that are also sci-fi nerds, that they love Firefly. And uh, so I, I've always told myself, you know what, I'm going to fucking watch Firefly eventually. And uh, 
I was scrolling through Hulu uh, this past week and saw that Firefly was on there, and it was under my recommended section. And I was like, you know what? This is my fucking uh, chance. I'm gonna like, you know, my my kids are gone. Uh, it's summer vacation. They're with my uh, fucking ex-wife. And, uh, and I told myself, I was like, you know, I'm gonna fucking watch Firefly. I'm gonna I'm gonna binge watch, binge watch that shit. And uh, I've actually worked 18 hours of overtime this weekend, so I didn't get a chance to finish it because there's unfortunately only one season of Firefly. Uh, I worked 18 hours of overtime this weekend, but I am going. I've watched I think eight or nine episodes of the 14 episodes that are available of Firefly already. And something that kind of stuck out to me is that there's in case you don't know what firefly is it is uh set in the future 500 years into the future uh it is about a crew of kind of uh smugglers uh you know privateers scavengers whatever you want to call them and it's kind of funny because it's like uh western mixed with sci-fi space age kind of shit um and something that I thought was kind of cool, you know, interesting about the series is that they have a lot of like kind of weird old Western guns that are supposed to be space guns. And you can actually see like some of these uh, old six shooters that they're using in the series are, you know, whenever they fire them, they make some kind of weird laser sound and shit like that. So it's kind of kind of funny and kind of goofy uh, like that. But I was like, man, you know, some of those guns, uh, they are... Um, you know, like kind of like you know how Star Wars. Most of the uh, in the original, uh, the original trilogy of Star Wars, most of those guns were old World War II guns that were repurposed to make to look like space space age guns. So uh, that's something I kind of noticed about Firefly, and so we're going to kind of talk about um, some of the firearms that were used in Firefly. And the first one I'm going to talk about. And, of course, all of our source is going to be from imfdb.org. Uh, but the captain, Malcolm Reynolds, who is played by Nathan Fillion, uh, his main uh, firearm that he uses throughout the entire series is a very modified uh, Taurus 85 revolver. Uh, it is covered in brass casting to make it look almost like a semi-auto gun. Uh, but you can clearly tell that it is... Um, like a almost like an old cowboy six shooter revolver uh, looking gun, but it is actually a modified Taurus 85, uh, and uh, that's you know it's it's kind of weird, kind of cool looking. Uh, the next gun I'm going to talk about is uh, Jane Cobb's main uh, weapon that he uses a lot is a modified uh, single action Lamat revolver. To make it look like a, a space gun, it almost looks like there's like a, a Picatinny rail kind of attached to the top of it, um, but it's an old Lamat revolver. Uh, next gun that is used in there, that it's kind of used by uh, some of the Alliance guards, is a I'm gonna probably be saying this wrong, a Gonch GA9. Uh, this is a very interesting looking. Uh, handgun, uh, very futuristic looking. That's probably why they used it. That's something else that I noticed about this during this whole series is that they used a lot of weird futuristic looking guns that were way ahead of their time, probably uh, when they were first made. But they definitely uh, didn't look like uh, current guns at the time, and they probably didn't take off uh, when they were made. 
but um, you know the, the, they are very futuristic looking, and that's why the uh, the show used them. Uh, something else uh, that they used, and of course, you know, looks kind of futuristic uh, in the scene. Uh, they used old MP40s. Uh, another thing that they used was a Beretta PM12S. Uh, you know, kind of cool, weird looking, uh, like almost like an old World War II grease gun. Uh, something else that they used uh, was a uh, vid. Again, probably saying this wrong. Uh, Venerion M uh, M2. Uh, another one is uh, L8581. Uh, it's going to be a pull bullpup, one of the earlier bullpup designs. Um, and another cool looking gun that they used, another earlier bullpup design, was a FAMAS 223. Uh, and of course, something else that they used was the old HKG 36K. And the last gun I'm going to talk about that again. Not futuristic looking. They actually kept this original design, but of course uh, they gave it some weird looking or some weird sounding laser sounds whenever they shot the thing. Was an old Winchester Model 892 Mare's Leg that uh, Zoe, who was Captain Mal's number two on the ship, the Firefly um, Serenity, uh, is uh, she uses that throughout uh, pretty much most of the series. And uh, you know, but whenever she shoots it, it's almost like it gives a little laser pew pew kind of sound, kind of kind of cool. Uh, but if you haven't seen Firefly, it's something that's interesting, something that's kind of cool. Um, so you know, give it a shot. Like I said, I always told myself I'm going to watch this. I'm enjoying it now that I'm watching it. But it's almost kind of sad knowing that I'm now that uh, yeah, shit, this was made like in '03, I think is what it was. Um, that they'll never make another season of it. So, uh, so I know that I, when I'm done watching it, I'm going to be disappointed that that's going to be all the episodes because from my understanding that they kind of hurried up the ending, uh, and never really finished the story, but that's going to be our, uh, culture segment on a TV series and a book that I'm going to talk about with y'all, uh, that I stated earlier that I got into from a shooting oriented book club. Uh, is called Monster Hunters International, and uh, this is a pretty interesting uh, book series. Uh, it is kind of heavily on the firearm side. They go into some description with a lot of good firearms in there, uh, and right now there are six books in the series, and they're coming out with a seventh that I can't wait to uh, read the seventh because I read the first book was in the book series, and the first book was so good, uh, and the story was pretty good that I was like, you know what, I'm going to fucking just go ahead and get the rest of them. So I bought the rest of the series that was out available uh, from my local books a million uh, because I like to have a physical hard copy book in my hands. You know, something that's just kind of odd about me. I can't really read shit uh, on uh, e-reader, even though I will say the first book, Monster Hunter International, last time I looked was available for free on uh, Amazon tablets uh like the amazon e-reader books the first book last time when i read it was in january is available for free there i don't know if it still is but something you can go check out if you're looking for a free book to read uh it's available it was available for free anyway um was monster hunter international and uh, something else that was really cool about it that i i really kind of um enjoyed was uh you know the monster hunter 
international uh, corporation is actually based in central Alabama. So a lot of the stuff that they were talking about in the book series, you know, I was like, oh, fuck, I know where that's at. I know where, you know, Montgomery, Alabama is. I, you know, I used to uh, go through there a lot. I go through there a lot. Actually, still a lot. Uh, another place is Greenville, Alabama. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, I've been there. So uh, that was kind of interesting for me. So if you're, you know, ever been to Alabama, you know, that's another cool little thing about the book is that they describe a lot of the shit that, uh, you know, you're very familiar with uh, if you've ever been to Alabama. But it, like I said, it is a very cool, very cool series, very good uh, storyline to it. Uh, it's written by Larry Correa. Uh, and not like Korea, the country. It's spelled like C O R R E A, if I remember correctly, or I A. Uh, and there's actually a Facebook uh, group called Monster Hunter International United, I think, uh, where a bunch of fans of the series uh, can talk about the the, the books. Um, and uh, basically, what it's about is like fucking um, all kinds of creatures, like werewolves, vampires, ghosts. All kinds of shit are actually real, and the government knows about it, and they have a uh, uh, monsters bureau uh, that handles that kind of shit, but there's also private individuals that go and uh, kill these monsters, uh, and they are eligible for puff bounties, where the government actually pays them to kill these monsters that are hurting innocent people, so... Uh, but again, like I said, it's very gun oriented. There's a lot of a description of the guns that are used in this, the book series. So that's something I recommend to y'all is Monster Hunters International. Well, y'all, it's getting fucking late here. Let's start wrapping this bitch up. Again, like I said, I worked 18 hours this weekend and overtime at my job. So uh, pretty starting to get pretty fucking tired. So let's start wrapping the show. Alright y'all, this is going to be episode 6. I want to greatly appreciate y'all for listening. And again, please go ahead and follow our social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, uh, like us, follow us there. Uh, you can reach me out at 2alifestyle at mail.com. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, please leave us a review. That's the best way for other people to uh, find us when they're searching uh, for gun-related content on uh, you know whatever podcast publishing service that you're using. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I greatly appreciate everything y'all are doing. Um, listening to my podcast, follow me on social media. I have a lot of fun on social media with memes. I'm a huge meme uh, connoisseur, I guess you could say. Uh, I post, you know, I, I find some memes, I make some memes, I share some memes, uh, and all that good shit. Um, and while we're into this, let me go ahead and talk about uh, some of the shit that was on my Facebook that people wanted me to talk about. Uh, Landon Kerr asked if traps are gay. I asked him, what the fuck are you talking about? What kind of traps are you talking about? And he said, if you don't know, you don't want to know, man. These types of traps specifically. Uh, and it was a picture of a woman holding uh, AK with a wooden foregrip and some Daisy Duke shorts. 
And if he's talking about traps as in women, as somebody that's been married twice and divorced twice, yes, I think those traps are fucking horrible. And Chine Owens said he would love to hear what I think about high-priced AKA builders like MDC and Rifle Dynamics. Well, Chine, uh, I will definitely look into it a little bit more, and I'm going to actually get into a little whole segment on the next podcast about it then. Uh, we will specifically go into uh, AK builders uh, that are overpriced like MDC and Rifle Dynamics. We'll talk about uh, different builders and what they uh, talk, you know, especially not only just AK builders, but we'll go ahead and talk about, uh, you know, different uh, AR builders and shit like that. We'll go ahead and talk about um, different shit like that. And I'll go ahead and make a whole segment about it in the next podcast about uh, kind of overpriced companies. Uh, are you getting your money's worth? Are there some that are, um, you know, overpriced? Are there some that are worth the money? That kind of shit. So uh, we'll go ahead and, I'll, you know what, Chine, because I know we had a good conversation uh, over Facebook Messenger. I will do a whole segment about it. And guys, I got some uh, swag, some gear coming out. Uh, I'm going to get some hats and some shirts made along with some stickers. I actually ordered the stickers already. They should be coming in this week. And actually, Chine, I told you, you're going to be getting some of that swag. So I'm going to be sending you some in the mail. Uh, And let's go ahead and talk about uh, our meme winner on social media. Uh, if you don't follow us on social media, you should. Um, but I had kind of a meme contest. I asked people to post their best memes that they had. And that person who got the most votes by people uh, for the best meme is going to be winning some swag. And, of course, the person that won was Ulysses Delgado. Delgado won. His meme got the most votes. And you are going to be getting some free swag, my son. Uh, I'm going to be sending you a message on social media, and I will be sending that swag out this week. So uh, go ahead, take a look on social media, see what meme he posted. I'm going to be go ahead and posting his meme as the winner, and he's going to be getting some free swag. But y'all, I appreciate y'all listening into the podcast this week. Uh, two weeks, I will have another podcast out for y'all, and I will be talking to y'all then. But until then. Continue to be a good ambassador for the Second Amendment like I was talking about earlier. And let's go ahead and uh, keep this bitch going and make sure the gun culture looks good. And let's introduce it into the mainstream. Until then, I will see you all later.